Thanks for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organizations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker, and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges joined by relevant experts and real life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast and this is episode 205 and it's actually the last episode that I'm going to do before taking a break for the summer and I thought that the topic that would be worth exploring was all about engagement. Now I know we've talked about engagement before however the reality is there's a lot of disengagement out there I recently ran a webinar on how we can be more strategic about engagement and actually it was fabulous in terms of the engagement levels of the participants but what we were really digging into was the most recent state of the global workplace report from Gallup 2023 and you can google this and you can find it and I know that everyone out there knows how important uh, engagement is you know it's been around for 20 odd years it's pretty evident that there's a correlation between engagement and most positive indicators it's absolutely a leading indicator of productivity profitability load health and safety issues uh, customer satisfaction you name it in terms of what we want to influence in an organization uh, engagement certainly is something that seemed to correlate positively with it so when I looked at the Gallup State of the Global Workplace Report 2023, it was the headlines were you know fabulous actually employee engagements bouncing back after COVID, global employee engagement is sitting at 23%. That sounds good, doesn't it? Then you dig into the data a bit more, and there's this uh, interesting employee engagement by country heat map. And you can see that there's various places that are dark green where people are really, really highly engaged. And then you see this light colour, which is Europe and the UK, because I guess we're not part of Europe anymore. So Europe as a whole um, has engagement levels of 13%. So global is 23%, Europe 13%. And then the UK is 33rd out of 38 at 10%. Interestingly, the US is up there at 31%, so I'm not sure what's going on over there that makes them all so happy. On that particular webinar, funnily enough, I did have a US uh, delegate and I asked him you know, what that was the case and he said that he thought that maybe people were just overly positive um, and misreporting in the States. But, uh, you know, certainly the issue for the majority of our listeners, even though I appreciate the HR uprising, is in 156 cu- countries. And if you want to go and look at that report, you know, your area will be represented. You just got to Google the um, gallop.com and you'll see it. Yeah, it's not good news for the UK. And yeah, there's lots of reasons I'm sure you're thinking about that. Um, again, when I was interacting with people, we did polls and things that they thought were influencing uh, this lack of engagement, uh, which are causing additional problems. And of course, some of them are, you know, the state of the 
uh, it, the macroeconomics that are going on at the moment, you know, with, well, Brexit's causing some of those things. And I'm not being political there. There's definitely some links between um, lack of resources in terms of that, in terms of um, business success, and in terms of obviously we've had a, a pandemic. So, that you know, growth is we're in a massive recession. Uh, inflation's higher than it's ever been. We've got a cost of living crisis. So people have a huge number of external stressful factors, and if your well-being isn't great or you're feeling under stress, whether it's internal or external work, it is hard to be engaged, although not impossible, but it's hard. I mean, the other thing is um, the impact of remote working. So we know that also um, remote working will have played a bit of a part in terms of maybe people are less able to engage with each other. They've become more insular or isolated. Does that mean that you have less of a sense of belonging? Um, you know, it's going to play a part. Now, Gallup's uh, view on remote working is that yes it does play a part but actual engagement employee engagement in terms of um, interactions and uh, sort of good practice interactions between manager and employee are less likely to cause a problem so that's actually one of the things that uh, they think you think they said it's um, employee engagement practices are 3.8% more likely to make a difference to your overall engagement um, than just remote working in terms of issues that uh, take place. The other things that come through in terms of causes for engagement is maybe engagement's completely gone off the agenda. I mean, I'm seeing stuff on EDI, I'm seeing stuff on wellbeing, can see a link between those. And I'm not saying that, that either of those are not important things, but engagement has maybe gone a little bit in, onto the back burner. And is, this, is it now time for us to bring it back. One of the things I've always liked about engagement strategically as an OD or an L&D or an HR professional is the fact that it does, there is because of the correlation with business factors like productivity and profitability, it's easy to, it's seen as a, a leading indicator of those things. Then if you use that as a lever within your organisation, it's easier to get justification for investment and maybe priority. Uh, the thing is, though, it often is seen as an HR thing. And the reality is that, again, relying on Gallup figures, 70% of the impact on engagement comes down to management. Now, again, this is nothing new. When you look at the Gallup Q12 questions, it's about things like having clarity in terms of um, what's expected of you. It's having a link in terms of your purpose between what you do. And otherwise, it's about getting regular feedback at work, having a supportive line manager, opportunities to learn and grow. There are some other things, but 70% of the, the indicators, if you like, are driven by the relationship between the individual and the line manager. So we can see why uh, well, we might have problems again, if you think in the UK, where we have historic underfunding of people management and management development, historic lack of value, valuing the management role, um, individuals being more inclined to work on individual contributor type work. And, you know, maybe with this working remotely, I wonder whether people management is able to be even more on the back burner. I get the feeling that it can be as, you know, managers themselves are going to be stressed and, and um, under pressure. So is this a, an opportunity where we think actually engagement is something that we should refocus on and we should refocus on it because it is something which is going to make a massive difference to retention? Because, again, 50 percent of people are quiet quitting at the moment. That costs money. We want to retain people who want to perform. Uh, we're not performing as a as a 
as a country and I'm putting we and actually I know that you know we've got listeners everywhere but no one overall it feels like um, everyone could do with higher engagement higher productivity positive activity and growth so what can we do about these things and you know what is it that uh, that we could maybe drive engagement so some of the things I've pointed out were linked to the Gallup engagement questions. So what drives engagement most? And I put these to the poll with this webinar as to what people thought personally were really key. And the really high scores, and I'll, I'll give you all of them, but the ones which are really high were the following. Having a sense of purpose, where you feel that your, your purpose aligns with the values of the organisation or your values align with the organisational values or vision. So really feeling that sense of belonging is key. Having a supportive manager was really key with regular ongoing conversations with quality, timely feedback. That one again. Opportunity to learn and grow. Undoubtedly, people want to learn and grow, but they want to be able to. We talked to you about learning last week, didn't we, with Teresa Rose. So it's one of those things that we actually need to make sure that we provide people with the right information to learn and grow in, in the easiest, best possible way. And there are other things like trust, autonomy and empowerment. So this is where remote working maybe is at odds with uh, some of this because ultimately we want to make sure that people have empowerment. Many people really value that autonomy and empowerment. However, does that fit with someone working 100% of the time remotely? Maybe. Does it fit if they don't have interactions with other people in their organisation, never have any face-to-face -face contact, if they're not being managed by the manager, how do they keep aligned? How do they keep that sense of connection and belonging? It's, a re it's one we don't necessarily know, but it's really tricky because organisations are between a rock and a hard place now because uh, you know, we can't, if we call everybody back into the office, that's going to disengage those who really value their autonomy and empowerment. If we leave everybody completely remote, that's also running a risk that people are just detaching, completely detaching from the organisation, maybe losing productivity, maybe not being effectively managed. So all of that can link to problems. Those are the main ones that came through, but other areas that have been highlighted in terms of engagement, one is about people having an idea of what their strengths are and the opportunity to utilise them. Now, I think some of that's about making sure you feel like you're in the right job uh, the job that fits your skills and an opportunity to develop those. On top of that, it's about a sense that you fit or belong with the culture. Um, and it is possible. Different businesses, we work with so many different businesses and the cultures are so different, even in the same industry. And you can see how some would work and some wouldn't. Of course, a lot of that culture comes from the leadership and the, and the, the, the way in which um, individuals role model. And to a certain extent, you know, some people are just naturally more engaged. They are naturally more self-starting, resilient, confident, and are going to drive themselves forwards more so. But obviously we can't influence that. So we need to focus on the things that we can influence. So talking practically about what we might do if you want to develop engagement um, further is, to my mind, it is about us focusing back in on leadership and management and making sure that those behaviours are clearly defined in your organisation, particularly if you're now a hybrid organisation and you were previously in-house, or actually maybe they were never defined before. So we need to think about leading from the top. So first of all, let's make sure that engagement 
through good quality management is seen as important from your leadership team. Get them to role model the right behaviours. Get them to put it on the balance scorecard or whatever your metrics are and have some metrics around it. And it makes sense to do so because we know that actually it's a leading indicator of financial measures that are more typically on a, on a scorecard. Consider the skills of your line managers. Um, and I think that's worth looking at in a number of ways. So first of all, what are the expectations around a line manager? If someone goes into a line management role, do they know that they're responsible for, for example, inducting people, bringing them on board, it might be responsible for recruiting, setting goals and objectives, you know, good quality performance management, coaching, mentoring, giving feedback, developing people, that those, those are responsibilities that they have. And do they know the frequency or what would be a good uh, example of role modeling good quality people management? Because the reality is they may not have had it role modeled to them and they may never have had any management training. So it is worth thinking about things like management charters or what are the expectations when we're working remotely as to how we connect with people? Is it about weekly check-ins? Um, what, what's right for your culture, your organisation, but have that conversation to check that people really are genuinely connecting with their, their, their people. Be prepared to call out the leaders in your organisation if they're not role modelling engaging leadership or not showing it that it's valuable and not valuing people. So make, make sure this gets back on the agenda as something that people focus on. Following on in terms of management development, really one of the key skills is coaching skills for line managers. Because when, particularly important when people are working more remotely, individuals need to learn how to problem solve for themselves. So telling people how to do things, it doesn't work. You need to teach them how to fish. And the best way to teach them how to fish is by coaching and listening and helping people to actually identify solutions which means that next time they have that problem they know how to do it. So thinking about giving the right skills, setting the right expectations for managers. In fact one of the ones I heard read on LinkedIn horror story about this person said that an individual had this is a true story that someone had just joined a new business they were pretty confident um, no one had introduced them they'd not really got any sort of structured induction they joined a team's call and they were sitting on the team's call and no one said, oh, let's introduce them as a new person. Uh, so they sat there and they were brave enough to say, oh, hi, I, you know, it's my first day or first week. And they got no no sort of response other than someone saying, oh, yeah, I can see oh, my name is that oh, I can see your name from the uh, video or whatever, you know, that how it shows on the screen. Now, I find that almost hard to believe that that actually was the case, but how disengaging and, and what an awful culture if someone isn't going, oh, hi, are you new? And that should sound on everybody, you know, how are you finding it? What things are? Some level of warmth and human interaction definitely smacks of a, a disengaged culture um, and certainly not one that the new starter is going to be excited to stay in. So thinking about HR processes and if you are more remote than you used to be, are they helping employees get that sense of fit? Are you making sure you've got multiple buddies? Now, training someone up as a new starter in a remote setting is harder than in an environment where you're just across because they have to really reach out and feel like they're disturbing you. And it's so there's a real risk that people can sit with not enough to do or being stuck and not feeling easy to reach out. So having, you know, not just one person training them up, a number of buddies, making sure that people feel re it's really safe um, and easy for them to reach out to people and having structured conversations so they're just not sitting on their own in a brand new job in a brand new organisation. So trying to make sure that there's absolutely that sense of belonging as soon as possible 
and also that people have a real sense of purpose of the organisation and where it goes and how that might align with their values. And looking at development and growth opportunities for growth. So making sure that people have real varieties of development and growth opportunities. They can be formal, but again, actually, this can come down to the line manager or peer-to-peer conversation, sharing information, which also gives you that human factor. So whether it's learning lunches or um, budging sessions or going and working together, cross-working um, together, going to the office and classical working. So sort of things that it's worth looking at. Nothing new there, but what I suppose I felt was those really rather damning engagement scores for us uh, is it's worth us putting it back on the agenda because this could be a competitive advantage. It's a very tough time out there. It's tough to tough way to grow. Um, and it's really tough to make progress, even in some of the more profitable organisations. It's quite a hard environment. So we need our people to be as engaged as possible. A, because you don't want to lose them, because that's expensive and painful to recruit. And B, because you want them to perform so the business performs and we grow our way out. So thinking about that, it's about making sure that you know, engagement, which fundamentally is good quality people management, when you boil it all down, it's setting clear goals and objectives, giving people a sense of purpose. It's giving regular feedback, um, quality feedback, being supportive, listening, coaching, all of those skills. Any line manager that's doing those sort of things regularly is going to be doing the most they can do in terms of engaging someone, particularly if they're doing it um, sincerely to get the best out of the individual. So Back to basics, maybe. Maybe something to think about over the summer. Has engagement gone off the, the agenda? Whereas well-being is totally important. But actually, if your manager is caring and supportive and carrying out engaging basic behaviours, that's going to they're going to pick up if someone's well-being is suffering. They're going to treat them as an individual and help solve it as soon as possible. So my thoughts there in terms of engagement think it's time to put it back on the radar it's something that's become really quite important uh, for people important in businesses and organizations well worth thinking about over the summer think strategically about it you know do we need to revisit what it looks like in terms of being a people manager in your organization do you need to do some training with people uh, to give them the skills because historically they may not never have had them or maybe they need a refresher and it could be it can be face-to-face, it could be remote, it could be just getting into workshops and talking about you know, what does good management look like in our organisation? How can we really engage our people? It's really important getting people to really think about it again. Uh, and you can also do things like uh, give assess managers. So, so a quick plug actually here in terms of um, Actus, obviously we've got our Actus 360 now. Now one of our templates, our free templates is the engaging manager templates we've got other ones as well leaders and things like that and you can build your own but we have a set of questions which are linked to engagement so you could assess your line managers using 360 feedback which is where they assess themselves manager assesses them and the direct reports assess them to see how engaging they actually are they may think they're amazing but others may not agree so that would therefore give you some evidence with which you could then put some development in place so using something like a 360 feedback tool would work and then you can follow it up with uh, development that fits your cultural organization so quick plug there was on ITIS 360 now and a second plug hope you let me off because I'm off for the summer is also we will be doing um, a set of virtual well we're, we're 
going to run a management for engagement training course in September. I've stopped doing open courses because they were virtual and fewer people were attending, but I've recently had some inquiries about when we would do an open programme. I still do delivery in-house if you want to work with me. I have availability over the summer, so for training, consultancy, uh, but I'm going to run the engagement training course in September, um, which is a virtual programme and also people have the opportunity for a 360 feedback. So if that's whet your appetite or you thought, actually, we've ignored management development for a while, I really need to kickstart this in our organisation, do consider going to the Actors website. We'll put the link on the HR Uprising show notes or just go to our Actors website and you'll be able to see management development training there and you can find out what we're doing and, um, and what that's all about. Just get in touch if you want to know more. So thanks once again for listening. Thank you, uh, loyal listeners, for seeing us all the way for 200 episodes. I'm really grateful to you for doing that. I hope you have an amazing summer and we'll be back in the autumn. I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.